play progresses, what you see uh, is Jesus, uh, in, a, in a very literal in some ways, and, and of course just portrayed through the story, he descends, Jesus descends further and further into darkness. Uh, and, um, and, and I don't know if you noticed, we, you know, we built a trap door down here. On, on the character portraying Jesus, Andre, uh, he literally disappears um, from your sight when he brings down the cross. Um, and it's a bit like as I was watching this rehearsed over and over again, it, it reminded me, it, there's a metaphor, it's a little bit like Jesus is descending into the depths of a great mine. Uh, and, and I know that that's not much of a familiar world to all of us. Has anybody here ever worked in a mine? Okay, good, because I'm going to say some stuff about mines, and that way no one here can refute me. Um, <laughs> so what, but we do know something about mines, though. We've seen them on TV. Um, what, what do we know about a mine? What's it like down there? Uh, can, can you just call out a couple descriptive words? Dark. It's dark. Cold. It's cold, likely. Scary. Scary. Hard to breathe. Um, yes, on the verge of collapse, it's dangerous. Um, a mines are not, not necessarily safe places. And, and again, just help me out. What kind of tools typically do miners use? A pickaxe. Yeah. I hope we've advanced mining beyond the pickaxe, but these are the things. Yes, good. So, so, um, so we find things to break apart something. And the, the effort is to, of course, to find something worth, um, worth gathering. And so what you saw this morning, uh, as his days go by and his, his life moves further and deeper into darkness, further and deeper into a, a, a place that is unstable, um, Jesus descends into the darkness and the, the hardness, right? The, part of what, what's going on in a mine is hard edges. Um, it's an impenetrable surface or, or surroundings, right? And, and that's what Jesus is descending into. Uh, it's the mine that Jesus descends into when he goes into Jerusalem. And it's also the mine that he, he enters in Glenside and in Montgomery County and in Bucks County um, and in Philadelphia. Uh, it's the darkness and the danger of our country. Uh, it's the darkness and the danger and the, uh, the coldness of your home and my home and your heart and my heart. Uh, and, and you all know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what this mine is like. Um, you're, you're, uh, if, in case, in case you, you're kind of not with me here, uh, the tragedy in Nashville this week, we live in a country that is dark and full of fear and calamity and danger around us. Uh, and some of you know this mine intimately this morning. You, you are in the darkness of depression. Um, you have hard edges of patterns of evil in your life. Uh, you are isolated, perhaps, and lonely. Uh, you are a person full of fear and anxiety. You, you live as though you live in a place that's about to collapse on you at any moment. This is what life is like in the mine. Um, and, and so beginning on Palm Sunday and for the rest of the week, we're going to slow down as a community, and we're going to watch each of Jesus' final steps into that mine. Uh, from Palm Sunday, he enters Jerusalem. Monday, Thursday, he shares his final meal with his disciples. And on Good Friday, he's tortured and crushed. Um, and, and, so, and so it's important to keep in mind as we see Jesus do this, that you go down into a mine, as I mentioned, for a purpose. 
uh, to retrieve something of value. No one goes into the mine just to hang out. Uh, it's not a pleasant place to be, as we said. Jesus enters in to free something that has been lost and something that is bound up in rock, and he's, he's entering the mine to set people free. He's entering the mine to set all people free. Now, I want you to consider with me just, just for a little bit longer, um, one of the important questions you have to ask as, as you see Jesus go into that mine um, in order to unearth and reclaim what has been lost, what tools does Jesus bring with him? Uh, we, can, we can rule out pickaxe. No gospel accounts that have Jesus carrying a pickaxe. Uh, did you notice, and you can call them out, what, what kinds of things, did, what kind of props did you notice Jesus had? What, what things does Jesus have? So Jesus doesn't have a Bible, but he is, so there's, so, but yes, he's got the word of God, right, um, imprinted on his heart, uh, absolutely, and he knows his scriptures, um, and he speaks them. Yeah, absolutely. So really good, yep. Anything else? His body and blood. Okay, well, of course, Lawrence is like jumping to the end and, and doing beautifully. I asked for it, though, didn't I? Yes, that's exactly right. He's got his body and blood. He's, what's that? Grape? Grace. grace, yes, great. I thought you said grape. Yes, grace. Grace, he's got grace. Um, absolutely, comes full of grace. Uh, but, but you notice too, so body and blood, right, because um, he's got a donkey maybe, we, which again we didn't see. He's blindfolded at one point. Um, his clothes are taken from him and he's given a, a false robe. He's given a, a crown of thorns. Uh, he's given a wooden cross. Right, but, but none of these things, think about it, the hardness and the darkness of the human heart, none of these elements by themselves strike us as, oh, this is good for extracting something that's bound in rock. Uh, a donkey can kick off a little bit of stone, but that's not going to do the job, right? A cross by itself, as you look at this, this will not transform my heart as an object, right? Um, and so, so what's consistent about everything that Jesus uses is, and puts on him, it actually only points further to how vulnerable, how he's just body and blood. Um, he enters Jerusalem on a donkey rather than a war horse, uh, which is a little bit like uh, going to a, a fist fight with a pool noodle, right? Um, sort of like, it's, almost, it, it's not just that it's not ready, it's not good enough, it actually shows how you're deficient. You don't understand what you're getting into, it looks like, Jesus uh, the cross lays him bare and naked and ashamed, and the crown and the robe um, are actually just mockery, as you saw depicted. Jesus empties, enters the mind empty-handed, and it defies all our understanding. And so if you felt a little bit foolish during our procession, um, and I say that with, with warmth, I, I loved it, but it is awkward too. And it's a bit like, what are we exactly doing right now? There's a little bit of that. Um, you're, that's actually part of the point. You're like the crowd in the gospel account um, who on the one hand you're worshiping and you're singing the song, but on the other hand, we, we often just get Jesus completely wrong, like the crowd. They didn't know what was coming. Uh, we get it wrong about how he goes about rescuing us. We know that there is something wrong, that we're stuck in the mind, that we, we think we need, but what Jesus comes to do um, is not to give us tools to help us get ourselves out. 
uh, and we're often surprised and disappointed and angry that he doesn't. So Jesus doesn't use any tools. Think about this. Jesus, as far as we know, never wrote anything down. Uh, he used no weapons. He only comes as himself, as his body, with his tears over Jerusalem, over us, uh, with his contorted face, his beaten flesh, as he is mocked and tortured and executed. And, and critically, what that means, so Jesus enters the mind, he's totally exposed, and what that means, why I'm, why I'm kind of holding this up for you, is that you can't actually take anything from Jesus. Now, just stay with me, because that might strike you as wrong for a moment, but listen to what I mean. You can't actually take, he's not, he's not selling anything. He's not here to teach you a technique. He's not here to give you a life hack. God help us. Right? Um, he's not, he's, nothing's up for negotiation with Jesus. He's not saying, well, if, I'll give you this if you do. He's, th- there's, there's nothing that he's here to, to have taken from him. Uh, it's just the exposed Jesus. It's the hideous nature of his death. And, and that's, that's sufficient to face down the hideous darkness of sin and death in us and in the world. Um, in a way that if Jesus came and used a tool of some sort, think about it, it would actually create some sort of separation. It would be almost too refined in a way. It's not enough for what we need. What you have in Jesus is this sort of raw exposure. And of course, um, hey, hey, we run from that exposure. No, no one here is like, I like to be exposed. Um, I enjoy that. Um, you, I mean, you can just play, the, play this out in your mind a little bit. If I were to ask everyone to just turn to the person next to you, don't do this, um, and give them something from your pockets, maybe to hold for a moment, that's sort of a lot easier than if I asked everybody to stand up and give the person next to you a big hug. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to shame my non-huggers in the room. Um, it's, it's okay. But my point is, I hope you know my point, um, we, we don't like, because a hug is exposing. A hug means you literally are like this towards somebody, and especially if it's somebody you don't know very well. But I'll give you something of mine, no problem. You can hold my pen. You can hold my phone for a minute. But don't, don't go into my phone, but you can hold the phone, right? Um, we, we don't like exposure. And so we resist this exposed Jesus. We'd rather him give us a technique for life. Um, we're afraid of being exposed and seen who we, who, for who we are. We wonder if, if he'll accept us. We fear that, that maybe there's nothing to be done about our sin and our brokenness. And, and, I, and I just, I have to say, if you're not somewhat concerned about that, you're, I don't know that you're paying attention, one, to your own life and to this country. If you're not like, I don't know that there's something that can make us better. Uh, I think you're, you're not really facing the reality. I mean, I, I know and love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but I'm, I'm looking at our culture and it, it's, you have a sense in which, is there something that can make this better? And do we really believe? And that's the kind of exposure. Jesus is, is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enough. So Jesus enters the mind totally exposed, not to give us a technique, but just himself, um, to give us life. He has no tools in his hand, just his life. And so here's, here's, let, me, let me just give, give you an invitation to Holy Week, and, and, and then we can worship, um, and we can sing. Uh, here's the invitation, draw near to this one who's exposed. Don't run from it. Uh, you want to get yourself um, next to the one who's riding exposed on the donkey. 
Uh, he's laid bare. You want to get yourself next to the one who's exposed on the cross uh, so that when Easter comes around, your reaction is like Mary outside the tomb. You just, you're just clutching to him. Remember, Jesus says, Mary, you got to let go. <laughs> you got stuff to do, right? That's, that's where you want to you get so close to that exposed Jesus that you're, you're clutching at him when you see him on Easter morning. When we, when, we, when we talk about him being risen from the dead, you're not, you're not over here saying, That's, I've heard that before. You're, you're right there. You're clutching at Jesus, this exposed one who's, who rises from the dead. And so, so because Jesus, of course, you're, you're clutching because Jesus is not coming to the mind of your heart in our world just to light a, a few lamps, right, in our mind. Uh, he, he's not coming... Uh, just to sort of unearth a few of us, a few small precious stones um, that you're not numbered among. Uh, Jesus is coming to bring new life to us. He's coming to lead us to life above ground, right? Let's, if we keep the metaphor. He actually wants to take you to a life you do not know of in the mind. Um, and so, so what, what does this mean? Uh, can I just, just demonstrate what this means for, for us this week. Um, can I have a brave volunteer from our youth? All you have to do is stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. All you have to do is stand up. <gasps> Zach! Thank you, Zach. Yes. Zach. Zach's ears are intact, right? Nice job, Zach. Um, Zach, there, there, are, there, are, there are three lies that we often believe about ourselves. Right? There are three lies, it's, it's, and this is life in the mind is, is often built around these three lies. Um, you, you are what you have, you are what you do, and you are what other people say about you. Right? That, that's, that, those are lies of the mind. And what, what getting next to Jesus means is that only what he says about you defines who you are. You get what I'm saying? So, Zach, you are not what you do. You are not just what you have. You are not just what other people say about you. You are what the risen Jesus says about you. Amen? Amen. That's life above ground, Zach, right? That's what, when you get a hold of that, that's clutching to Jesus. You hear that, my brother? Yeah. So, so you, thanks, Zach. You can sit down. So it's really helpful when we, when we talk about the truth of Christ, not just in general, but, but to one another. Because I, we know from the tragedy of Nashville, we know in our own hearts that part of why that happened is because there are people involved who didn't know that about themselves, who didn't know that they are more than what they do, they're more than what they have, and they're more than what people say about them. And so the joy of Holy Week, the invitation of Holy Week, brothers and sisters, is that we can get close to the one who, who tells us who we are and refutes those lies and frees us from life in the mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Uh, I want to invite the worship team up and I, let me pray. Father, we, we thank you that you sent your one and only son. We thank you that we got to see that, that story from beginning of Jesus' entering into Jerusalem to his crucifixion.
Um, but we know there's, oh, Lord, there's a glorious part yet that we're waiting on. And we look forward to, 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 to surrounding ourselves with that in a week. But now, Lord, help us now. Help us to, to name the darkness around us by your spirit. Help us to name the darkness in our own hearts. Help us as a, as a church, as a people of Montgomery County and, and, and Pennsylvania and this country to be honest and real about the evil that's around us. And then, Lord, we, we pray, would we then be honest and real about where the truth comes from? You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. So, so Lord, what, what are we praying? We're praying, help us to clutch close to you this week, to not run from you, just your body and your blood exposed for us. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to come to you for a technique or a quick fix. Lord, help us to come wholly to you and embrace you. We pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's stand together and sing. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is thy health and salvation. Oh, you here, now to His temple draw near. Praise Him in glad. Thank you. 